It's January 6th, 1996, and Wonderwall by Oasis is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Trav. I'm Quillen. And this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Wonderwall, the third single from Oasis's second album, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Wonderwall spent 10 non-consecutive weeks at number one. Would like to say to you, but I don't know how. Because maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. And after all, you're my I forgot I forgot to say what is the story morning glory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you blew it. <laughs> All right. Damn you. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I won't. <laughs> um hi, welcome back to nineteen ninety six, season three. Yeah. Uh, Who'd have thought? Woo, we made it. Thought, yeah, we made it. And um, what? I I guess this is our new season, first season with a new president elect, and uh, um, of course, a lot of other weird drama that's going on. But uh, good to good to be here. Mm. Um. Okay, we're talking about Oasis. This is our first of two episodes about Oasis. Um. Tell me a little bit about your general relationship with the band. We'll start on a high note. So, Trav, why don't you <laughs> tell us that first? I like Oasis. Um, they so when this uh, when Wonderwall came out, um, I pretty much went out and got the album immediately and listened to it front to back, which was not always the case when I would get an album in 1995 or 1996, and. Um, and loved all of it. And it has been as good as it was then to this very day. Um, really good album all the way through. Um, went back a, a lot later and checked out Definitely Maybe. And that has a lot of great moments and great songs. And um, then it seemed like everything after this was a bit underwhelming and like they were not uh, reaching their full potential, but I still appreciate them for being Oasis. Like if somebody is like, like puts on Oasis and I'm in the room, I'll be like, okay, cool. But I'm not going to get excited about anything after what's the story of morning glory. Mm-hmm. All right, Quill. I always hated this band. 
Um, and I think as a kid, I just, uh, just didn't get it. Just didn't like the singles. Um, as I got older and, um, more into music, uh, and more nerdy about it all, I think I came to the conclusion that I didn't like the idea of the band Oasis. Um, I hated the, you know, uh, pissed off, angry at each other brothers who felt entitled to, um, Beatles level fame. And, um, I just feel like they did not, uh, deserve that. And, um, uh, it just annoyed me that they were as arrogant as they seemed. And I think that kind of, um, the, the that alone had a pretty negative effect on my, uh, outlook on the band. Um, at one point I decided that I liked Wonderwall for some reason and that it was without question the only song of theirs that I liked for years. Um, and I have definitely softened on that. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm coming around, uh, on at least some of their songs, um, particularly on this album and, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have as like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't have as um, negative of a connotation with them um, yeah. right now. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to hear what you do and don't like about this album. Um, I've mentioned this a couple times because uh, What's the Story Morning Glory was on our, our special. It was my number mm-hmm. one album of 1995. Um, and that feeling has kind of been with me since fifth grade when I, I heard Wonderwall on the radio, just like Trav, I had to go out and get this album immediately. And I think I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but this helped me bridge my sixties music listening. I was pretty much exclusively listening to sixties music and it helped me kind of make the transition into alternative rock. And I, I had the benefit of, um, you know, because I didn't have MTV and because I didn't have any music magazines and things like that, I had thoroughly gotten into this album before I ever knew anything about the Gallagher brothers and their personalities and their, mm-hmm. their arrogance and their squabbles. Like yeah. I was just completely ignorant of that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that probably helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did. I feel like you know, going back and listening to definitely maybe you can hear more of that in the music on something like definitely maybe like the sneering, arrogant kind of vibe. I stuck with them until their fourth album standing on the shoulders of giants. And, um, I I liked that one well enough. And then I, I completely cut them off. I, I I don't know anything about them past that point really. So Quillen, I get when you were younger, uh, being kind of annoyed with, uh, the outspokenness of the Gallagher brothers. Um, (laughs) they have done so many funny interviews and had so many like funny quotes since, uh, are there things that you appreciate about it now? I have not even looked into that. I, yeah, I, I totally believe you. Um, and yes, I definitely have less of a hang up on like, um, something like that uh in a uh you know in in a band uh dynamic um but yeah i just haven't really looked into mm-hmm. that or or know anything about that so quill how is wonderwall aging for you fine like a fine wine um <laughs> yeah i i i love it i'll yeah i i i think it's great um is it the best song on the album no um 
I definitely like uh, at least another song or two more, but I it's my favorite single on the album, and um, I think I think it's my favorite single on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's great. It's great drumming, isn't it? Well, uh oh, <laughs> you don't you don't like the hot rods? Funny you should say that. I hate the hot rods. You hate the hot okay. rods? I knew it. I uh, knew hot it. rods. Hot rods are the ones that are like little bundles of yeah of, of like of sticks, thin sticks, like little uh-huh. sticks. Yep. Um, it never even occurred to me that they're hot rods. But yeah, yeah okay. I I think this song would I think it would be better with, and I know it's like a uh, acoustic guitar song, but like play with real sticks man it would have been great uh also he he overplays he, he he's doing too much um oh, huh he the, hmm. the 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 rhythm is great like the beat that he's playing is great um the groove of the song i love um he does a lot of ghost hits which sound really stupid with hot rods what's a ghost hit Ooh. uh like god i don't know how to explain it uh it's like kind of a gentle follow-up hit that yeah. is like, it almost sounds like it's maybe not there, which is where the term ghost hit kind of yeah. comes from, right? Okay. Does that make sense? Is that like a bump it up, 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 uh, is it sort of, no, well, that's just a regular. No, hit, it's, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I can kind of imagine what you're talking about on the verses. It's like boom, boom, or something like that. I don't know. Like, like softer oh. hits in between. Um, okay. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, he just, he does a lot of them. Uh, and just with the hot rods, it, it sounds like crap and too many fills. Yeah. I just, uh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm shocked I, to hear I, you like, say that. I, I like he, he, and he, he loosens up even more, um, at the very end of the song. And I like it by that point. Mm-hmm. I wish that he had remained tight for the whole song and then opened up at the end the way okay. that he did. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, the beat, like I said, the beat's great. Um, it's just, he's just overplaying. I thought, so I, yeah, I'm shocked to hear you say that because I think the drum part is so great. Um, but I think the hot rods, the mix is like dependent on the instrumentation, the way the drums fit, the drums being played with, with hot rod sticks blend in with the acoustic guitars there's like this percussive kind of blend that happens between the two different things Mm -hmm. that really defines the sound of the song yeah i guess i i see what you're saying and i guess that's true but that's just a a negative for me one of the few negatives about Mm -hmm. the song um i will say the one of my favorite things about the song is the drum intro. Like when the drums, the way the drums come in. Yeah. uh, Just kind of like fumbling in is awesome. And also the break, um, is it after the first chorus and going into the second verse, Uh like the drum fill leading into it is sweet. And and the way I will say the way the hot rods sound on the toms in particular is pretty cool sounding. It sounds like something out of the sixties. Like it's cool. Yeah. So the the drums first come in on the, the backbeat, the word is on the street part, right? And so, but right, it comes in it, on that the fire in your heart is out. It comes yeah, in at like yeah. halfway through yeah. that. And, and, that and first the bass, the, the, the bass does too. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. Which awesome. That is a, that it's is a cool, cool It's a cool way uh, for the rhythm section to come in. Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out. 
So, Trav, this 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 holds up well for you? Oh yeah, it's Wonderwall, man. Yeah, I I, I uh, I'm I'm torn on this one. I can't quite figure it out. I, I mean, I like I like everything on this album pretty much. Um, so I like it. I think that the only thing that holds me back is I feel like the the verses have a little bit of a sing song. Like I, I it's a real pet peeve of mine whenever. Um, singers seem to kind of like be going back and forth between two notes too much. Like I, I I complained about this with Morrissey's and, uh, Uh and you know, the, the, the today is going to be the day that they're going to throw me back to you or whatever they say. Um, has a, I'm not sure how I like that vocal delivery, but I think pretty much everything else about this song. I like quite a bit. I, I, I lately, um, you know, I've gone through hot and cold periods with this album, but lately it is hitting the spot so much for me. And it's largely about the percussion. It's about just how many layers of great sounds there are going on. And the song definitely has that going on. The piano at the end is great. Um, yeah. The strings are really straightforward, but they're good. Agreed on all of that. The piano at the end is like, yeah, chef's kiss. the strings are so good. So, yeah, I'd mentioned before I don't like cello and rock songs, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Same. but the yeah. cello in in Wonderwall is great." But the cello in Wonderwall is a mellotron. Is no. it really? It is. Yeah. Huh. No. I, I, yeah, man. Who says that? The internet. <laughs> the internet. There's Did Wiki, a um, Wikipedia. Say that. <laughs> no, no. I maybe, but there's also like a. Uh, Oh, what is it called? Sound on Sound, I think. Um, interview with the um, producer or engineer. Yeah. Is that or- Owen Morris? Yeah. Owen Morris he is lies. the producer. He yeah. lies. <laughs> Mellotron, which is no, the for uh, real. I, keyboard wow. sort of, it's a keyboard instrument that um, plays samples of stringed yeah. instruments yeah. or mm-hmm. woodwind instruments. Um, Heavily uh, used by uh, the Beatles during their psychedelic period. That's right. Quill, did you have something else before we start talking about the Beatles? Oh, oh I was just going to say, I, I, I'm i shocked at the cello. I always thought it sounded like a real cello. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. 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 Anyways, keep going. Beatles. Definitely. All right. Well, blah, people, blah, blah. people, people uh, talk about Oasis and the Beatles um, in the same sentence pretty frequently. Um to what degree do you feel this song fits in with the legacy of the Beatles? Does this song actually have a relationship with the Beatles? I just want to say that uh, all I have is that um, this is the least, to me, this is the least Beatles sounding song on the album. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. I think so isn't, too. Yeah. Isn't the title Wonderwall, isn't that a reference to a George Harrison song? Or a uh, movie that George Harrison did the soundtrack to or something? Yes, exactly. It was called Wonderwall Music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are lyrics that reference the Beatles, too, in the song, right? In I don't this know about song? In this song. Definitely on the album, but okay. I don't know about on this song. And then they get really heavy into that on, like, Be Here Now. You know, it's like they, they may as well. I mean, they might even mention Yellow Submarines and things like that. They do a <laughs> lot of sort of I Am the Walrus-isms. Which is a song that Oasis uh, covered live frequently. Mm. I think uh, Yellow Submarine was mentioned in Supersonic. Oh, yep. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, there's a, you know, the, the, the Oasis has 
a lot of cliched lyrics that sort of pair up with the Beatles at their worst. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of the Beatles at their worst, I sort of think of, well, I think of Mr. Moonlight, but I also, I, I primarily think of things like All You Need Is Love, where it's just like these dumb uh, truisms, cliched truisms that I guess weren't cliched at the time, but feel like they're pretty hollow and meaningless, especially in light of what we know about some of John Lennon's personal behavior. Um, but Oasis definitely buys into that mythology and they, they have a lot of very broad cliched sentiments that they're borrowing from the Beatles. So I don't know. I'm not sure that they're always flattering themselves when they, (laughs) when they borrow from the Beatles. Uh, Trav, you've kind of wanted to go on a little screed about this for a while, right? You know, I did, um, for the longest time when we were recording albums from 1995, I thought, boy, those Beatles need to be taken down a peg. And, um, (sighs) I think they have been. I think they have been recently. So like I specifically the thing that kind of like turned uh like changed my opinion of things was the uh Rolling Stone top 500 albums that was recently re-released. I still uh, haven't looked at that. I still haven't So like at it. yeah, you know, before it's always like, you know, the Beatles have like three or four albums in the top 10 or 15 or whatever. Yeah. And it's like all about the Beatles and Beatles worship and things. And it really turned around this time. And I mean, I think that does kind of reflect how the culture perceives the Beatles at this point. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my big beef with the Beatles was that they were getting too much attention or too much reverence still in 2020 when there's so much, you know, music has evolved so much beyond that. And there's so much else to pay attention to. Um, but it seems like finally things have kind of like caught up in that mm-hmm. sense. And so I, I don't really have anything, you know, <laughs> I don't have anything to kind of pile on to that. It's just like, yeah, I do. You know, before I was like, I just wanted Paul McCartney to know that at some point he's going to be forgotten because he's so <laughs> up his own butt um, that like, you know, he's always re repackaging and rebranding his stuff and trying to like, you know, push his, his brand and, and Beatles stuff and Beatles legacy and all that. And, um, and uh, I, I really do at this point think that in 50 years, the Beatles will be like a footnote in in music i think it's going to be like yeah like the beatles are great like mozart was great who cares well mozart's <laughs> more than a footnote i mean yeah but like who listens to mozart right well and i think it's going to be like that like who's going to be actively like seeking out beatles stuff they're not they're going to be you know seeking out alien bleeps and bloops and stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see i don't i don't think their popularity has diminished that much but you know music criticism the gatekeepers are going for a a long overdue sort of correction of uh who is allowed through the gate and um Hmm. you know the, the the beatles are it's it's not really their their turn to be the focus of our attention right now, I think. But, you know, the number one thing that I think about when I think about the Beatles is just, uh, in a lot of ways, it's the same thing that I think about when I think about uh, Brian Wilson. It's just, there, there are very few artists that I can think of that just nailed just great melodies. Um, 
like those two artists have. And I don't think that great melodies are really a big part of modern pop music. Personally, I don't. Th- I just think this, it's a lot more about production and it's about rhythm yeah. Yeah. Um, than it is about melody. Um, and I'm sort of stuck in the past looking for, I feel like when I'm looking at Pitchfork every day, I'm just like looking for the word melody and their blurbs and mm-hmm. it's, it's basically never there. Um, you know, I'm stuck with people like Frankie Cosmos as sort of the torchbearers <laughs> of melodic pop music at this point, which is I'm fine with. Um, but I, I, there, I could in no way argue that it's important music. But that is one thing that I feel like Oasis does have in common with the Beatles. Is this album has really outstanding, just pure melodies. Lots of they them. They do. Lots and of I think, yeah. And that's great. Like, I, I, but I also think that the Beatles are, are like musically much more sophisticated than what Oasis is doing here. Yeah. And for, for better or worse. I mean, like, Oasis at their best can make some like great arena rock songs, you know, that are just like these soaring sort of like anthems. Um, and that's incredible. There's, there's, there's skill to that, even though it's kind of dumbed down. Um, that's an important thing. And I think that's a, a, like a key part of like Oasis's legacy. Whereas mm-hmm. like the Beatles were really, you know, they were, they were very, very sophisticated and I don't see that element in Oasis. And I think that's the big difference between the two bands. So you don't necessarily see that as uh, a bug. You see that as partially a feature, the lack of sophistication. Yeah. So the lyrics tend to be, uh, broad and a little dumb but i think it pays off and like i mean i think the the opening line of the song is a fantastic opening line for a great you know iconic song today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you i don't know why it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's not you know particularly profound or anything like that but Mm -hmm. everybody knows how wonderwall starts yeah. And so I think that in itself proves how effective that is as an opening line. Right. And I think that sure. they do that over and over in this album. They just sort of prove that, like, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to have substance, but like this, their, their sense of style can carry them. Yeah. Well, want to talk music video? Yeah. Um, black and white. Uh, the guitar changes colors. What's that all about? Yeah, it's pretty psychedelic. <laughs> the thing that I remembered from it was the saws. People playing saws and thinking uh-huh. that that's what the cello was. Because, you know, whatever, in 1995 or 1996, I was like, whoa, that's what it sounds like to play a a musical saw. It sounds exactly like what a cello sounds like. Um, That's the one thing I remembered. And I was like, I thought I had misremembered it, actually, until I I rewatched it, you know, for this episode. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there actually are saws. Yeah, I had never seen this music video until now. I I get like I've said, I, I really don't know anything about the music videos. Um, I thought it was appealing. I didn't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah. The brothers were brooding 
in it a little bit, I felt. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, whatever. Oh, uh, the call and response part towards the end, uh, was funny to me in the video with, um, uh, whichever of the brothers singing in the megaphone, singing uh, the backup, uh, Noel. Oh, that would have yeah. been Noel. Yeah. Sure. Um, have either of you guys seen Oasis live or any of the band members live? I've seen Noel live twice, incidentally. Wow. Now, did you go see Noel open for Smashing Pumpkins? I did, yes. Okay, all right. So we both went to that, that same tour. Yeah. Yeah. That was with was the, okay. uh, the scissor player? Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. There, there was a scissor player on stage. Like just a pair of scissors? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool percussion sound, huh? <laughs> yep. I, I guess so. Or did he um, hit himself or her herself them, themselves with uh, the scissors in a rhythmic? I don't really remember. Did fashion. she? Did she have a? Did did she play a wide variety of non musical instruments? I don't really remember. I don't think so. I I mean I tend to think of it as just like uh just just the scissors, yeah, for like one song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! All right. Well, I think we've thoroughly unpacked the music video. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's a deep one. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the album. I think we've established that we all like the album to some degree. Uh, I like all of it. I think Trav likes all of it. Yes. Quill, what are what are some of the songs that you like? I liked half of it. Uh, hold on. Before we get into that, it, did did it come out on Creation? Did I read that correctly? I think that was definitely maybe. I don't think this came out on creation. Well, I thought that's what uh, the Wikipedia said. Hold on. I mean, you might I be right. That that's, is creation technically an indie label? Mm, probably. But it's definitely like this uh, legendary sort of uh, the shoegaze, the English yeah. shoegaze uh, label. Yeah. On the What's the Story Morning Glory Wikipedia page, the only label listed is creation. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to me. So that, if that is, and if creation is technically considered an indie label, or at least at that time, that's big. Yeah. That's just so strange because you always hear, I don't know, like it. uh, So, I mean, this was definitely a major label release in the United States. It was a huge deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I can't speak for what happened in the UK, but also like you always heard about like Loveless by My Bloody Valentine bankrupting Creation Records in 1991. So I'm not quite sure what happens between 91 and 95 for them. Uh um Yeah, cuz this record sounds expensive. Doesn't uh yeah. didn't uh Bandwagon-esque come out on Creation? Or was that a major label? Mm. And that mm. would have been post Loveless, right? Uh, Not same, by a ton, but... Same year, I think, right? 91? I think they were both 91. Why do we do this? Why do we fumble into things that I don't know? <laughs> I do this all the time. Well, I'm we like, don't oh, yeah, know. I think this is the thing. We don't know don't that know. we're going to be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about you know uh, well that's the that's the problem like i'm now i'm speaking on the record 
like where this is like recorded yeah. and I don't know what I'm I'm really talking about but well, my talking amongst in, my friends I'd be like oh yeah isn't this it yeah whatever my, whatever my setup in my office I have two uh, monitors and my laptop uh yeah bandwagon ask 91 yeah nailed okay. it 13 was a major label release right creation in the uk give guffin in the u.s i think um mm. yeah anyways uh that just uh caught my eye i was just i was surprised by that i think i knew that they were on creation at one point but i guess i thought that this would have been the major label debut um what's the story yeah it definitely feels that way right mm-hmm mm-hmm Anyways, uh, the songs that I like, uh, Roll With It is good. I like Roll yeah, With It. Um, Roll With It is great. nice fuzzy there is a um like a really nice chimey guitar lick uh that kind of cuts through very subtly um at certain parts that reminds me of actually of like swerve driver um Hmm. uh, the song does not sound like that but just this particular guitar lead sounds like like a nice little um swerve driver type guitar lead it's really nice um I could listen to that outro to roll with it with the background vocal going, so take me away. Yeah. I could listen to that for on a 15 minute loop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a cool song. Um, I don't like, don't look back in anger. I hate that song. I huh. don't understand the love for that song. I think it is not great. Um, corny. It's got, so corny. uh, the verse is a hook. The pre-chorus is a hook. The, the hook is a hook. The, the guitar solo is sure, a hook. Sure, <laughs> sure. There are hooks and there are melodies. I think that they are so corny and cheesy and just not. Okay. Yeah. Like, sure, they're they're catchy, yes, but... I, 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 I wonder to what degree that might be a side effect of Noel singing as opposed to Liam singing. Yeah. He, he doesn't quite have the same... Uh, he doesn't quite have the same swagger. Yeah. That, I don't, um, I don't know that I would have cared about that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it yeah. was sung by, uh, yeah. Um, I know Al, you, you played Hey Now on the 1995, uh, yeah. the Potty Awards episode. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I vaguely recognized it and holy shit, that song is the best. That song yeah. is the best. It is like my current like favorite song in this moment. It's awesome. It's so good. Everything about it. Every section of the song, the long drawn out like bridge slash outro is amazing. Mm-hmm. The verse melody is super catchy and good. The the um, the the chords and melody on that chorus yeah are so good the lead guitar part picking behind the chorus it's so great behind uh behind the vocals there that's that's my yeah. favorite part of the song 
so the rhythm guitar drops out and um and it's just the notes being played the lead notes and so that without the the rhythm guitar happening behind it's the like vocals a, it, it's, it's like great. a do, do, do. Yes, like, like kind of like uh, like uh, descending. Yeah, it's not uh, from chord it's not, to chord. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not just that the notes that are being picked are so great, but the fact that there's nothing behind it to kind of dilute that mm-hmm. that really makes yeah. it extra great. Yeah, it makes it really. Uh, it's like really shiny sounding. I I guess okay I guess I was thinking of that as a bridge but that makes sense that that's the chorus. Oh. Um that's what I was referring to like and cuz yeah. that's how it ends too right like just the the hey now hey now uh, over and over right oh, it's yeah, over yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah 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 it's I love that. I my favorite part is the like the loud like the feel no shame that is awesome it's so everything about the song is great it's amazing i'm so thankful that i uh discovered that song just from you know listening to it when we were doing uh the 95 special yeah and i i i'm pretty sure i'd heard it before but uh yeah it just hit me really hard awesome awesome song uh otherwise uh some might say is another good like oh yeah oh yeah Um, that's another one where it's just like the the verse is is such a great hook and the pre-chorus is such a great hook chorus bridge uh guitar solo on that one is also all these guitar solos are sing-along guitar solos yeah. yeah yeah Lyrically, also in the chorus, the rhyme scheme is super, uh, very like sing songy, but still really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, lyrically, I think it's great. You know, you I know did... we talked about how the lyrics are kind of dumb on this album, and they are. Mm-hmm. But like, I've always loved uh, the sink is full of fishes, and she's got dirty dishes on the brain. I think yeah. that's a great line. Yeah, uh, yeah, for absolutely. no good reason. Uh, it's a, a bit of a John Lennonism, yeah, um, yeah, and that it's a little bit of a Lewis Carrollism. Um, Alice in Wonderland was a big uh, influence yeah. on John Lennon's lyrics, but uh, yeah, that definitely, definitely works for me. What What do you guys think of uh, "She's Electric"? 
Um, when I was a kid, it was a favorite of mine. It is. There's no question that it is extremely twee, sugary mm-hmm. confection. Um, but I think it works quite well. I think that it's it's a little uh, it's a little cheeky. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. I I like yeah. it. Uh, the melody is great. Um, I think is it the chorus that I mean he's singing the melody one of the melodies and while my guitar gently weeps is that yes yeah is that an homage or a blatant ripoff or (laughs) i think critics jumped on them a little bit over that i mean it's it's like different chord progression but oh man like so blatantly the same melody yeah like that is rough um but it Mm -hmm. but it's a good melody and And the ending uh, too the ending with the harmonies the way it ends like i just waited for it to end on that like the e piano chord mm. like at the end yeah. of the end like the really oh, yeah. heavy uh-huh. like dong. um like yeah that's kind of what they were building up to there i feel like yeah um i don't want to say too much more uh but the other standout is champagne supernova for me and okay. uh all i'll say because i know we're doing uh, an episode on it um, all I have to say is that it is uh, better than I, I... I like it more than I ever realized before. Good. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think the only song that I love that you skipped over is Cast No Shadow. Um, it's a, a ballad on on side B I, I really love. Uh, the, the two songs that I, I don't necessarily... I, I think they, they perform their function, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily single them out hello the first track and the title track what's the story morning glory is not uh those are both a little bit more on the noisy side and a little less on the melodic side and Hmm. um i i like everything on this record but uh i i think you've named all of the songs that are really precious to me cool the one thing i think we haven't talked about enough is how incredible liam gallagher's voice is he has such a great rock voice. Yeah. Um, and it is infinitely better than Noel's. Mm-hmm. Um, it just cuts through. It's like, I think, Alec, you mentioned that he had a little bit more of a swagger in his, uh, yeah. his delivery. And uh, I did not appreciate how great his voice was until I was paying attention for this episode. And, uh, man, just really great. It's not, you know, it's nothing, um, uh, you know, that's like super shocking where you're just like, oh, what a, what a incredible singer. But, um, man, yeah. Like the tone of his voice and, and, and the delivery is just incredible. Does he, he only sings, right? He doesn't play an instrument. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. In general, in on some, on a couple of the later albums, he started writing songs. And so um, I believe on the fourth album, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, that I referred to earlier, um, that's the first time that he wrote a song that was recorded on, o- on Oasis record. Wow. So I think he started getting a little more active, but. You know, that was part of the power squabbles was, you know, Noel saying, well, I'm really, you know, this band is me. This is all my brain. And and Liam's just the face of it. And then Liam, I think, you know, of course, feeling like he's more important than that. But uh, the closest analog that I can think of has nothing to do with the Beatles. It would be like Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey, Hmm. um, where, you know, Pete Townsend was the, you know, he was 
demoing all those writing and demoing all those songs and then Roger Daltrey was just singing them so I think so Husker Noel... du is a bit like that too with Bob Mould and Grant Hart writing songs oh, and really? there was a oh, bit really? of a, a clash between the two of them trying to get, you know Grant Hart trying to get more songs on the albums because he was writing really good songs mm-hmm. and uh, Bob Mould being like eh no I got it so Noel wrote all the songs melodies yeah. and everything you think yeah and Noel just sang yeah. them Yes, or, really. No, Liam just Liam just sang them. melodies too. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And yeah, and yeah. Noel sang only. Don't look back in anger. Um, I'm trying to think if he sings another one on, on this, this record. The voices don't um, sound different to me. Like just yeah. Thinking if about if it. if you pay attention to it, it's pretty it's pretty substantial. On on the song uh, acquiesce which is a B-side, there's a pretty dramatic shift. Noel sings the chorus, and Liam mm-hmm. sings the verses, mm-hmm. and you can, and you it's, can tell. it's very obvious. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. That, I'm sure, yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, Noel wrote the melodies and the lyrics. Wow. Yep. Well, I will agree, uh, Trav. Uh, Liam's got a good, good rock voice. Into yeah. it. Um, I looked into Owen Morris a little bit more, the producer of this album, because I think that this album is so well produced. It's produced by Owen Morris and Noel Gallagher. Owen Morris worked on the first three Oasis albums. And uh, shortly after that, uh, particularly because of the performance of Wonderwall and the amount of money he made off of that, he retired and moved to Costa Rica. So Good for him. <laughs> does not have a very big resume. He earned it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Owen Morris <laughs> did the uh he did the electronic album with uh Bernard Sumner from New Order and Johnny Marr from The Smiths. Oh, interesting. The group is called Electronic? Yes. Oh. Was that any good? Um they had one really good single that I'm aware of. I don't know about the rest of the album even though I owned okay. it. I just never really listened to it. Um, The only other thing that I wanted you to say about the production, the layers and layers of sound, there's so much lead guitar on this album and the lead guitar is really fantastic. Um, There's lead guitar going on over, uh, it seems like almost everything. Um, And particularly each of these songs goes into a long repetition at the end. And often the lead guitar also gets a chance to shine there. Um, So these really melodic solos and then really nice lead guitar over everything. And then the only other thing that I wanted to demonstrate was there is a there's a magic oasis background vocal harmony that they do on I think at least 50% of these songs. And so it's like if there's space in the song, they'll put in this harmony and it works over everything. And uh uh tra- Travis and I are going to we're going to try to demonstrate how it goes with our out of sync things. Okay. So one of us has to go three, one and the other has to go five, three. So it's, uh, um, so it's, ah, and then the other one has to go. Ah. Okay. And that, okay. So which, which one do you want to take? You want uh, to do the lower, the lower one or the higher one? Uh, <laughs> that's the lower one, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do the lower one. Okay. So it goes one, two, three, four. <laughs> Let's we'll see if we can do it again. See if we can line it up. One, two, three, four. Ah! Uh, we'll Nailed fix it. it in post if yeah. we need to. <laughs> yeah, perfect. 
Are we ready to move on to other charts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, looking at the modern rock chart for this week, I saw four things that were worth pointing out. Have we talked about Just a Girl yet? I think it was mentioned. Okay. I mean, like, I, but not really in depth or, you know. Yeah, I don't remember talking about it. Uh, it definitely caught my ear when I was a kid. I still like it a lot. I really like the, I really like that song. And it's the guitar a part song. And the, the way that it's produced and, um, I had a huge crush on Gwen Stefani when I was a kid and uh, I still have a soft soft spot for most of these Tragic Kingdom singles. Mm-hmm. I think they're really good. Uh, Hook by BT. Brown Pepsi Once Boy. It took me a second. Uh, VT, I didn't know who you were referring to. But I, I, oh, wait, I was just singing Run Around. I should have known. <laughs> Um, Blues Traveler's great Come on Yeah Blues Traveler's cool Okay <laughs> Can can either of you do the Do you know how to do the whole thing The whole uh, Suck it in suck it in suck it in If you're in ten or in Berlin At one point I think I could do the whole thing I think my sister-in-law can Take that Get your sister-in-law Shout out to Jackie High and Dry by Radiohead. Yeah. Oh, that's Did good. well on the charts. 20, that was one 25? that... Uh, um, I didn't make note of it. That was one that I, I don't remember hearing on the radio, but I do remember mm. bringing home a copy of The Benz and saying, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I got into The Benz after OK Computer, and mm-hmm. uh, I definitely remember... I don't remember hearing uh, High and Dry on the radio, but I remember listening to The Benz the first time and being like, oh, this song sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, I The only, uh, uh, well, uh, I mean, you know, we went at length about uh, Sparkle and Fade uh, previously, but uh, Santa Monica's at what, number eight? Um, yeah. Which is cool. Uh, Grind by Allison Chains at number 30 is the only uh, other song that I noted. I did not recognize this song. I thought I, I, I considered myself a fan of uh, the Allison Chains singles uh, as a kid. And I like was like, what, what, oh, which song is this? Thinking that I, it would like just slap me in the face. And I was like, I don't I don't know that I've ever heard this song. Wow. I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah. Um, that was the one that got me to buy the album. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I, yep. I had no idea. I didn't particularly like it listening to it the other day. Okay. Sorry. No. Uh, the Hanukkah song was the only other oh. song that I. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Gotta talk charts. about the Hanukkah song. How, how, t- Al, do you know how high that was? Uh, I don't think it was very high. No. 29. Yeah. 29. Did either of you engage in a little Hubie Halloween? <laughs> I did <laughs> no. not. I did not. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was not good. Wow. There was uh, there was one very funny gag involving a an, an unexpected cameo, but I, I can't spoil it here. It involves the, the radio DJ that you hear throughout the night. It was... A very dumb, very funny joke when it appeared. So, 
I will could, say top to look it up if you want to. Top to bottom, this uh, this uh, top forty is still really good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great stuff. No duds. Is uh, um, is one sweet day still? Uh, top yes. of the pop chart. Yeah. Yes, one sweet day will still be on top of the pop chart for quite a while. That song um, hit, hit me. I, I listened to it again the other day, and it hit me harder. It's good. Oh, good. I decided yeah. that I I really like the chorus of it. Great. During the ten weeks that Wonderwall is on top on the modern rock chart, uh, the mainstream chart goes from My Friends to Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three to World I Know by Collective Soul. Fair. Yeah. Cumbersome. Mm. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, ratings. Yeah, I'm ready. What do you want to give to Wonderwall? Uh, I give Wonderwall by Oasis four maybes and point two five definitely. Wow. Four point two five. Great. Yeah. Traff. It's a five, brothers. Wow. <laughs> it's fucking Wonderwall. <laughs> Come on. So you're giving it five brothers? Yeah. Five 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 <laughs> good brothers. All right. Five. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving us three boneheads and a gigsy, which actually is not three point five, it's four. <laughs> Two of them. There, there's a band member named Bonehead and there's a band member named Gigsy. Um, is it so Gigsy or Gwigsy? I think it's Gigsy because it's short for, uh, I don't remember. I, I had this pulled up a little while ago, but so that's a four for me. So this wow. is, um, is this, this a, is a Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer? Wonderwall's a Hall of gotta Famer be. for sure. Gotta be. Dang. Doing the math? Yeah, I got it. Dudes. Holy cow. That can't be right. <laughs> Hold on. L, you gave it four? Four. 4.42. That is that our, it might, might be our highest uh, no. official entry yet. I think it's still um, about a boy. Okay. About a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That was our book club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, about a girl. And there, there was another one though that was this. Oh, maybe it was a Stunt of a Pilots one that was that high. Yeah. Um, I can. Yeah, While yeah. you're looking that yep. up and ca- yep. making your a- calculations, about a girl is still the highest rated official okay. Hall of Fame. Inductee. All right. Uh, Nirvana wannabe. I don't think so, but there's also like I I, I kind of wanted to try to get into this idea that there's this template that, that that was set by this like open chord E minor to G, and I know it's not an E minor technically because there's a capo on the second fret which makes it an F sharp minor, but still it's that that whole like um, uh, guitar sort of structure where it's like an E minor seven to a G to a C add nine kind of thing that was so. Mm-hmm common but i don't i can't think of many other examples and it's certainly yeah. not from nirvana mm-hmm. so no I, yeah i think that um i feel like it is close they're closer to a nirvana wannabe than quite a few of the artists we've covered um so far 
but yeah, I I mean, I think more so like they wanted or or would have settled for like being as uh, popular or critically acclaimed as Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And in that way, like they wanted to be Nirvana, but you know, sonically, obviously, they ripped off the Beatles um, more than anything. Yeah, I don't feel like there's enough of a punk inspiration mm-hmm. here. It's it's mm-hmm. so rooted in the pre-punk classic rock world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to wonder if we're opening this third season uh, with back-to-back hall of famers i have to wonder i think it's very likely i have to wonder mm. Mm. all right well mm. we're wow find this out is huge soon. this is this yeah. is monumental in our in our history <laughs> wow Love all right it. well tell tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off-shelf family Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. However, we still love receiving your email at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify or Apple Music or watch along on YouTube. And um, I was actually thinking that we could cover the same song again next week. Oh. But then I thought, no, next week's song is not the same. It's different. (laughs) Next week, (laughs) next week, next week, we'll talk about Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness and its uh, single 1979. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's fucking wonderful.